Welcome to the Autoimmune Thriver Method podcast. On this podcast, we will talk about real life, practical and transformative methods that will leave you motivated and empowered to take an active and proactive approach to feeling alive again with autoimmune. I am Cordula, Hashimoto's and PCOS Thriver, certified holistic nutritionist, your host of this show, and the founder of the Gut Health and Energy Breakthrough Program. I am deeply passionate about shining light on the immense impact nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle choices have for you to go from surviving to thriving. So let's get started. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. I'm happy to have you back. Today, we are going to be talking about constipation a little bit. Constipation is something that I frequently, consistently talk about in my practice to my clients and educate them around constipation. And I think it is really, really important to know what you can do when constipation hits, because from my experience, it can hit any time. And then it's good to have some tools and strategies in place that helps you to navigate the constipation. But I'll dive a little bit deeper into that topic today because I want to connect constipation with your autoimmune, how it is connected and why you are maybe experiencing constipation. Constipation is just something that can be all encompassing. I have been dealing with constipation for a very long time as a child. I didn't realize that going to the bathroom three days a week is anything but normal. And it was really affecting me. I mean, anybody who has been dealing with constipation knows how hard it can be to just feel bloated and full and and then, you know, it just feels yucky when, when you know, you go to the bathroom and only little pebbles come out and a little bit and the, the rest is stuck inside. It just makes you feel sluggish. It makes you feel sometimes even nauseated. So that is something I was going to share with you guys as well as I speak a lot with clients around constipation when they're getting backed up, they are actually starting to become nauseated. It's a very big symptom for backup and constipation in your body. It's just not a great feeling and it can also really contribute to your body increasing inflammatory processes in your body, which is really something that we want to avoid and reverse really best case scenario when we're dealing with an autoimmune. And so today I want to talk about the bigger picture of autoimmune and because it really ties into The question of, you know, a lot of girls and women asking me, what do I do? Like when I have my diagnosis of autoimmune, it is so overwhelming. Like I understand that it's multifaceted. I understand that there's so many moving pieces coming together in autoimmune. And quite honestly, hands down, I don't think that science even completely fully understands how autoimmune is literally establishing itself in your body. I mean, there is a lot of research around autoimmune and and how certain factors can contribute to it, but there is no straightforward answer as to, you know, when it can happen and how it can happen. And it's so different for everybody. 
And it makes it really, really difficult to diagnose and really tracing back your autoimmune to a beginning point is really, really difficult because it is almost as if those moving pieces have to be shifted to become that puzzle that will then create that picture of autoimmune in your body. And so it is really difficult to really try to find that beginning point. However, even though there is a multitude of symptoms and different root causes that are coming together in your autoimmune, when you think about it, they are all different parts of your body, different systems, different organs, different processes in your body that are shifting out of balance. So knowing that it is a multifactorial disease or disorder or whatever you want to call it can actually help you to start supporting your body in order to move towards symptom-free a living, um, no symptoms with joy and pain-free and feeling your best, feeling energized, feeling as if you are here to take on this world and not even feeling as if you're being defined by that autoimmune disease. Why? Because knowing that so many different body parts are involved um, or systems, not body parts really, but systems and um, processes of which the three most common ones or the three that are always involved in the autoimmune picture is gut health, is liver health and detoxification pathway, and is your nervous system and your stress response and your hormonal health downstream because of that. Knowing that those three body systems are always involved and always need support and can always be worked on in order to stabilize or in order to bring it back to balance, um, optimize, is really, really good to understand and to know because that allows you to take steps. Having said that, constipation is one of the biggest imbalances in a body with autoimmune when it is not managed well, when the autoimmune is flaring or even when the autoimmune is not flaring but simmering on a low flame, when inflammation is simmering on a low flame, which, you know, is constantly creating inflammatory processes on a regular basis day by day. And so I want you to, I want you to feel empowered in knowing that when you're experiencing these symptoms, this is where you can dial in first. So a lot of women are getting overwhelmed with like, these moving pieces, like I said before, not knowing where to start. And I always say, focus on those three systems. And of these three systems, what kind of symptoms are you currently experiencing that are not supposedly, quote unquote, normal, right? That are common, but not normal. So for the gut health area, it is constipation. So I hear there's a lot of constipation going on and I myself also tend to become constipated. And so this is why I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about constipation today so that you have some tools and strategies and remedies that I'm going to be sharing with you to start to tackle this imbalance. 
Because honestly, once you are starting to focus on these specific areas in your body, number one, it makes it, it keeps it simple for you, right? So you only have to focus on one thing at a time. You will likely then start to become very consistent with certain strategies and tools that you implement, you know, food and herbs and botanicals and supplementation, all of this, and your body just loves it. Your body loves consistency. Your body is going to start to respond to those interventions. And so it's a really good strategy to get started on really unpacking the whole autoimmune thing and then bring it towards balance and towards remission and towards living a life full of vitality and, and feeling radiant. So let's talk about constipation. Let's talk about constipation and what I see are some of the main reasons as to why people with an autoimmune get constipated. I'm going to go through them one by one, and I will give you some specific insight on those points as well. So number one, of course, is always dietary fiber. But here's the thing. You will maybe say, okay, so here comes the fiber thing again. I've heard that many times before. And quite honestly, most of the things that I'm sharing with you are not brand new science, right? It's something that that you've likely heard before, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to present it in a way that you connect with it more, that you can actually, that it clicks in your head and that you say, that really makes sense. And what can I do? And then start to implement and take action, right? Because knowing these things, it's not going to really help you. Um, it is the implementation of things that's going to make or break your case, so to speak. So dietary fiber, why is dietary fiber so, so important in constipation? There's two actions attached to the dietary fiber that it is producing in your body. Number one, you have the insoluble fiber and you have the soluble fiber. So the insoluble fiber is the quote unquote roughage of the food, which means that this particular kind of fiber is not being digested by your digestive juices. So we're talking about your digestive enzymes, your stomach acid, all of these things. But the insoluble fiber is basically moving inside your digestive tract all the way from, from top, from your mouth, all the way down to, to the bottom, right? When it comes out. And what it does in your body, it almost acts like a brush, so when you imagine this really long digestive tract, which is seven feet long with all those nooks and crannies, there's a lot of waste material that can get stuck in those areas, especially if your motility is really, really slow. And so this insoluble fiber can really help you to scrape along the side of the gut lining in order to grab this waste and move it further down the track so that it can then get moved out of the system further down in your colon. So it can really come in like a cleanup crew to scrape along the sides of the colon and help you keep your colon nice and clean and healthy. And that way also, it really helps with our constipation because of this waste material that is now moved along. 
Then also dietary fiber is the other part of it, which is soluble fiber. Soluble fiber is really something that is being digested in your gut. Oh, just one step back. I really want to go back to the insoluble fiber one more time. Is that so the insoluble fiber, number one, it acts like a brush for your colon, but then further down in your gut, like um, the lower end of your colon, where most of your gut bacteria resides, which is really a huge part of your immune system, they are actually helping you to digest this fiber. So this fiber is food for them. And your friendly critters down there, they love some really good dietary fiber for them to munch on and digest it and that makes them happy and that makes them create metabolites, anti-inflammatory metabolites that are helping your immune system to become stronger and more robust. See where I'm going here with this is you are really creating this nice support of your second immune system that's residing in your gut, your friendly critters. So Let's go back to the soluble fiber. So the soluble fiber is exactly what that does, right? So that is mainly um, starches and that kind of thing that is really helping to feed your friendly gut bacteria. So dietary fiber is very, very important. But I want to say that if your gut is not in a good state of being right now, if there's a lot of IBS symptoms maybe happening, you swing from diarrhea to constipation, or you're always constipated, or there's a lot of, you know, stomach aches, um, a lot of cramps, there's a lot of inflammation going on down there in your GI tract, maybe SIBO happening, any sort of these pathogenic diseases that are coming in. If that is happening for you, then you will have to take it really, really slow with a dietary fiber because if not, then it's going to cause havoc in your digestive system. It's very difficult to digest, of course, the roughage and, um, you know, you might have an imbalance, very likely you'll have an imbalance of good and bad critters or let's say friendly and pathogenic critters in your gut, in your colon which will make it really difficult for you to digest these uh, fibers. So that is why when I hear that a lot of women actually say, I have been trying to increase my fiber because I know it's so important for me, but I just can't eat it. Like I, I bloat up instantly, right? Or it makes me feel really full by the end of the day, or um, you get bloated by the end of the day, or you get stomach pains, or you start to feel um, nauseated or anything like that. And you know, that is exactly why I say you need to take it slowly. But that doesn't mean you have to take it out of your diet because you're reacting to it. It's only that you have to Take it slowly and you have to maybe prepare that fiber in a way to make it more digestible for you. So different cooking strategies, different cooking varieties can help you break down the fiber so that you still get some, but not in such high amounts. So for example, raw is really, I mean, of course, there's a lot of fiber in raw foods, 
versus cooked foods. So choose the ones that are sitting better with you. Okay. So that is number one, dietary fiber. Number two is the overgrowth of pathogenic critters in your colon that damage your gut balance, which is also called dysbiosis. So I talked just now a little bit about dysbiosis in your gut. And I can say, honestly, every single person in this world deals with dysbiosis to a certain extent. That is because, you know, I mean, we're exposed to so many things in our lives, um, stress, but also environmental factors, you know, toxicity, then pesticides, fungicides on our food. It's all contributing to certain imbalances in our gut, which is normal. But um, what I'm talking here is really the imbalance that is causing you symptoms, such as bloating, such as severe distension in your stomach area, such as, you know, bloating either directly after eating or more specifically hours later by the end of the day, you really bloat up. This is a really big sign of dysbiosis. Or you feel you have eczema or you have any sort of immune flares or for us with autoimmune you know, symptoms. It's related to an imbalance in your in your gut flora because, again, that is where your second immune system in form of those microbes sit and help you have a, a well-balanced system, a well-balanced body, as well as it, it delivers anti-inflammatory properties those microbes, they talk to your brain. I mean, they have so many functions. That in itself is just a podcast episode on its own. So when you have dysbiosis, it can, it can absolutely increase um, inflammation in your gut, which can then lead to constipation and backup. So that is number two. Number three is, and actually this is something that I've been seeing more and more of, is what they call slow muscle contraction of the colon, a slow motor complex. So it's really interesting. I was just talking to a client yesterday about that as she was experiencing constipation, severe constipation. And it is really something that was eye-opening to me when I learned about it for my own personal health. So your motor complex that you have, you have to think about your GI tract, the tube that is so long, it has different sections and waste that is moving through or food, um, substances that are moving through your digestive tract are not just dripping through. So they are actually moving through the, you know, together as in bulk through the whole thing, but they don't do that. Um, it doesn't do it consistently. It does it in mass movement and it does it in a mass movement from one section into the next section. And there's four really big muscle contractions a day that helps your body to move those masses into the next section. And those muscle contractions are very poor oftentimes in us with autoimmune or even for, for those with SIBO, especially with those for SIBO. And so usually they happen in between meals. That is why you discover when digestion slows down in between meals, you're not eating. 
then you typically have one of those big mass movements down the colon, which causes you to have to go to the bathroom. So it creates urgency in your body. And this is when you have to respond and go. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. And so this is when it happens in between meals. So you have four of those big mass movements throughout the day. But I find that oftentimes those rhythmic waves almost are not very common anymore. They happen infrequently or they happen during different times of the day and sometimes they don't happen at all. And that is when a waste is just not moving along and it's just sitting there and it's it's starting to create um you know a level of fermentation and a level of um that can cause bloating for you so that is a really big factor in constipation and the fourth fourth factor that i see a lot of in constipation is honestly stressful thoughts so It's very underestimated as to how much impact stressful thoughts can have on your digestive system, your um, having to go to the bathroom. I can honestly say when I'm under stress for one reason or another, the first thing, hands down, my body is reacting with is constipation. And I know for myself that I was going to go to the bathroom perfectly. And then all of a sudden, I hit this spell where it is really difficult and I'm not getting my threes in and I'm not having like a full, wholesome, all emptying kind of bowel movement. I feel that it's just, you know, like snaky skinny. I know maybe too much information, but that's what we talk about when it comes to health. That's what we should be talking about when it comes to our health and our, um, you know, symptoms or the pebbly stuff, you know, like the little, little rabbit pellets and, and things like that. And I'm, and then I'm thinking, okay, hold on a second here. What is on my mind? What is causing me stress? What is me causing to not let go, right? So the body-mind connection there, like what am I holding on to? And then I sit and do some journaling around this as well as I am also amplifying and ramping up my little bit of remedies that I'm going to be sharing with you in a minute as well. So the body-mind connection is real. Your microbes are actually communicating with your brain, with your hypothalamus, on a daily basis. It has been shown in literature and studies and science that they are actually like messengers reporting back to your brain what is going on in your body, you know, from a physical standpoint, but also from an emotional standpoint. And if you are feeling stressed, then, you know, back in the days when the tiger was coming after you, you didn't have time to go to the bathroom. You had to hold on to that waste material inside of you until you felt relaxed and until you felt in a relaxed environment in order to let go. And this same process is still happening to date. But the thing is, it's not the tiger anymore that is running after us, right? It's either the job, it's either finances, it's it's emotional, you know, stress and relationship maybe, all sorts of different things. So 
that is really something I wanted to point out here, stressful thoughts. Okay, so those are the four biggest factors that I see that can cause or amplify constipation, okay? So let's talk a little bit about remedies. What can you do in order to, when you're experiencing this symptom of constipation, what can you do to start to help with that? So, of course, number one, add dietary fiber. And as I said before, really go slow with it. Listen to your body, see if your body feels as if it can digest the kale in a salad. If you feel it's not sitting well with you, if it's causing you even more constipation, more bloating, more distension, then I would suggest take that kale, either steam it or boil it down. Do not worry about losing any sorts of nutrients or fiber while boiling it. That's a different um, podcast episode I'm going to be doing about the energetics of food. That kale is still going to have some of the nutrients that you need. It's still going to have some of the fiber that you need. And maybe it's going to have just enough fiber that your digestive system can handle right now. So um, always break it down to the most absorbable and most digestible form for you. So go low and slow with it. You can also always add if you feel that you have digestion issues, like if you say that your stool contains a lot of food that has not been digested, then you can always go in and support your digestive juices. You can always go in and add a digestive enzyme. You can always add a digestive bitter or um, some HCL, hydrochloric acid, to increase your stomach acid. You know, you have all of these tools. I also love some good shot of apple cider vinegar before my meals when I have constipation to help increase your hydrochloric acid in your stomach. So there's wonderful alternatives like that that you can do in order to help your digestive system function better, right? And then to add the dietary fiber, of course. That's number one. Number two, in order to support your gut microbiome, you need to support your friendly bugs, right? So you need to, number one, feed the friendly bugs, which you do with dietary fiber, but you also do that with, so you feed them with dietary fiber. And then the second part is, is that you are actually introducing friendly bacteria into your gut in forms of probiotics. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of different probiotics out there, and some of them are better than others. There are so many different strains out there, and you know we don't really know what your specific gut microbiome needs unless you are getting you know, a GI map test done and, and you have a little bit more insight as to what strains are maybe low in your gut and stuff like that, but you know, regular person like you and me, not having GI tests every other week, um, we don't really know. So it's always good to think about variety, right? So if you rotate through probiotics, that'll help you to get different strains in, that'll help you to increase the variety of your gut microbes that are coming your way, and that'll help you to introduce just different strains um, for you. Now, keep in mind that those probiotics that you are introducing in form of supplementation are not going to become part of your resident bacteria. 
they are transient. So they're just moving through your body as you are swallowing them and as they're going through your digestive tract, interacting with your resident bacteria. And that is a good thing because those bacteria, they interact with each other and they are creating good positive metabolites that can help you decrease inflammation. So it's a good thing to add those probiotics. So a lot of people ask me, what are the probiotics that I suggest? There's a ton of them out there and I can only speak for myself. And this is, um, that's not a promotion here. That is just what I use that I like the products that I like. I prefer two different types of products. Number one is Microbiome Labs is one of my absolute favorite probiotics out there. It's researched and backed up by science, so it's a really amazing product, as well as um, BioCult, B-I-O-K-U-L-T. Those are really, um, it's a good price point and um, also well-researched probiotics that I like. So those are two things that I was going to say to you. And then in forms of food, of course... You can always eat more fermented foods, right? Because uh, fermented foods do have a lot of different strains of bacteria in them that can really help with stabilizing dysbiosis in your gut. So those are two things that you can do. Then we talked about the motor complex, the migrating motor complex, the slow muscle contraction of the colon. So for this, there's two things that I was going to talk to you about. Number one is, it's something that's called prokinetic. So a prokinetic is either, it can be an herb or a food or a drug that can help create muscle contraction in your colon. So this is not to be misunderstood for a laxative. A laxative is something that purges, that helps you purge your colon. It basically really just um, flushes everything out of your system. The prokinetics are, they work in a different way in that they promote muscle contraction. So the contractions that your body has maybe lost over many years, and you just want to start to create rhythm, you know, to work on the rhythm of the contraction, prokinetics can be extremely helpful. And so there is different prokinetics that one can use. There is over-the-counter ones, there is prescription ones, and then there is food. So food, for example, is ginger in higher dosages and also allicin, um, the part of the garlic that is helping you to create that contraction. There is one that I really like. Again, um, this is not a promotion. That's just something that I use and that I uh, suggest to my clients is it's called Iberogast. So Iberogast is a mix of herbs that can have that really good support to your to your colon. So I really like Iberogast. And then there's also another food-based product, which is called um, Trifala. So Trifala is also something that I use in my practice as a prokinetic. So this is something that you can do um, to help constipation along. And keep in mind that, you know, all of these interventions that we talked about, and you just know the understanding that you have as to why constipation might be happening in your body, the four factors that I have been talking about, really understand that it's a long game that you play. Okay. So 
even if you now go and say, all right, I'm going to buy the prokinetics and I'm going to buy the probiotics and I'm going to add more fiber in it and all of these things, you might not find yourself in a position where you go, you know, to the bathroom having full on wonderful, big, you know, wholesome bowel movements come next week, right? Because it's a process that takes time and it's just something that your body needs to really use these things, implement these things on its own, and then react to it. And so give your body a little bit of time to adjust to these interventions, okay? It's not gonna, your body is not like, um, it's not a machine, it's not a computer where you program something into it and then it does it automatically. It's a living being, there's so many processes involved, and these things work, but they work in with consistency and a little bit long term. Okay. So don't give up if you don't see it right away. The last thing I wanted to mention here is some, some laxative teas. So I always like to add a little bit of laxative teas to help uh, with that. If I feel really backed up and if I couldn't go all day, then I do like my laxative teas. There is a lot of them out there. Personally, I like to have burdock. Burdock is great for that. Cascara Sagrada is great. Dandelion is is pretty good. And um, licorice. Now, licorice, be mindful if you have um, high blood pressure, I would not go for the licorice. It can really bring up your blood pressure a little bit there. So, those are the tips and remedies I was going to share with you. And lastly, I want to say, just take a minute and sit back and start to journal your thoughts, right? Do that work along with the mechanical stuff that we're doing these days, you know, like we just talked about, like all of these things that you can add and do to help your body find a balance Really don't disregard the emotional side of things too, you know, the stressful thoughts, they're just not helping. They're not helping. And yes, not everything is always glorious and great in your life, but we can always practice to switch perspectives on things, right? We can always work on, you know, raiding out those stressful thoughts to get them out of our system and maybe even to brainstorm on how we can shift our paradigms. Maybe something is not necessarily negative. Maybe we have been raised to look at it in a negative way. And and maybe it's time to shift those paradigms around those thoughts a little bit. Um, that's something I really want to talk about in one of the next episodes as well. Paradigms, what they are and, and how we can shift them for us personally. So this is it for today's session, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed the information constipation is a huge issue for everybody who is dealing with it. I know from experience, it is not a fun thing to go through. And those things that I have shared with you today, I have done myself. I constantly talk about that to my clients. They are starting to implement these things on a regular and they are starting to see results. So Good luck with, you know, implementing and um, let me know in the future if you have been finding relief from your constipation using some of those strategies, please share with me. I'm always interested to hear if this information is actually helping you 
to move forward on your health journey because that's that's what we are all on here right our own personal health story that is going to have a successful outcome in the end right this is always our focus we our bodies are able to heal themselves if they get the right tools which we can provide our bodies with have a wonderful day everybody and i will see you again in my next episode